Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. In, in uh, Centre Parks in Holland, um, I don't know how many people here have stayed in a Centre Parks uh, in the UK. Um, I really like them. They kind of uh, uh, that you kind of escape into this world where you've got um, a huge swimming pool complex um, outside rapids that you can swim down, and uh, you've got really hot pools and really freezing cold ones. You've got all sorts of sports equipment and gyms, and you've got massage areas, and you've got oh, just got shops, and you've got restaurants, and it's, you've got Starbucks and and Cafe uh, Rouge, and all those kind of really just really nice branded names. Then we went to the Centre Parks in Holland. It was like a post-apocalyptic kind of rescue centre, sort of terrorists of one, and we were waiting rescue. There were only very few of us alive, and, uh, and we kind of sort of haunted in this strange place where we were visited occasionally by random goats that will wander through the park. Maybe that was our lunch we were just required by the blunt knives that left us in the, uh, in the chalets that we had to sort of try and sort of like stab one to death if we could possibly get it through its skin. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was where we had our pastor's conference. We actually went with, um, with Daniel and Hattie uh, and we went with uh, Joe, came with us from Inverness, Pastor Zona Kate, uh, Pastor Andrew, um, and uh, we all shared uh, a chalet uh, and just had the most amazing time. And then on the, uh, uh, on the Thursday, we had a free day, so we decided that we would go to Maastricht, and uh, not Maastricht, Aberdeen. <laughs> I've been there, yeah. And uh, so, <laughs> the real Maastricht, and, and it's, quite a, it's quite a pretty town. So we were only about an hour away, so we just jumped in the car. And we're driving off, and because we had flown into Belgium, of course that's a place you don't want to be flying into right now, um, we'd flown into uh, Brussels, um, uh, Chalois, is it Chalois, 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 and uh, Chalois Airport, and uh, they had uh, given us a, a rental car uh, of a small black car, very similar to the one that the uh, police are looking for from the terrorists. Uh, so we're driving through, the moment we drive, we're driving through Maastricht on, on the on Dutch um, roads and we're on the motorway and I'm saying to Cheryl, I'm sure that police car's following me. She's going, no it's not. I'm going, it definitely is because I was doing 130 kilometres an hour and he was behind me and now I'm doing 80 kilometres an hour in the, in the uh, inside lane and he's still behind me. And uh, he definitely wasn't going to overtake. So then he pulled up next to us had a good peer inside, uh, and then pulled in front, and lights start flashing, and things start coming on. I'm going to show is he pulling us over? I don't know. I don't speak, I don't speak Dutch, right? I, I don't know what that says on the back of the car, and all of a sudden, he starts indicating. He took us on this long route to a, um, a road where it looked like they were going to get us out to shoot us, and uh, it was a very sort of derelict kind of wasteland they took us off to, and uh, so they get out, and... Um, we were kind of like, you know, this is okay. But Cheryl was very relaxed because she saw as the policeman got out that we're very handsome. And she was like, oh, look at that. 
I'll deal with this one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, because I realised that there we are, I'm driving with my beanie hat on. I've got Joe in the back with his beard, you know. And uh, <laughs> Andrew Tate, <laughs> he's in there as well. There's not really much chance of them not suspecting us. And, uh, and so then, of course, the, the result of, hi, yes, um, I'm going to a pastor's conference and uh, just trying to sort of settle them. And uh, as it was, we, they obviously wanted all our ID and all of our identification, uh, passports, driving license, all that kind of thing, apart from Andrew, who had left without anything. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, of course, he had to give you details. He says, he goes, I've got a credit card. <laughs> How much would you like? And, uh, <laughs> and so they take all the details and they're gone a while. Of course, you know, we know that we're okay because, we, well, we... But they don't. So they're checking up on all our, all our details. And, of course, once everything comes back, it was fine. And it's fine because we've got the right to be able to come and go as we please. We are in Europe, we can come and go in Europe as we please. You know, the Bible says in, in John's uh, Gospel, chapter 10, uh, chapter 10 and verse 9, it says this. It says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I can't read my writing here. <laughs> And will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you know, here's the thing about the life that we live. It is a life of entering into a door that gives us a different kind of life. We've got the right to come and enter. I can enter Belgium. I can enter um, the Netherlands. I can enter any country in Europe. Without um, prior permission, I have the right to enter because I am a member. We are members of the European Union. We've got the right to be able to enter all of those countries without visas. And so it is in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the door. He's giving us a visa into a kingdom which otherwise is not accessible. You know, I believe that in this country... Uh, And in this age, we live in an age that is constantly shifting its focus and its values, but humanity is constantly looking for the the pastures that are greener on the other side. They just want. And I think that perhaps, I've been feeling for a while, that perhaps we've been even feeding that want by constantly preaching a gospel which talks about how much Jesus wants to give you great things. I think I've probably preached it many times and they're truthful except for the fact that we are in the danger of feeding, constantly feeding the, the, the thought that my God is only my God if He's giving me something. He's only my God if He's leading me into the thing that I want. We live now in a postmodern society. I'm not entirely sure what that means, why we left the modern society and now it's postmodern. But the intellectuals tell it so and so I believe them. But the, the modern world was identified by its materialistic wants. It was all about the thing that you could get. 
The postmodern world is not about the thing, it's about the experience. We've noticed in church that people have gone from wanting things to wanting experience. And so it is, we spend our life praying, God, give me this thing, give me this ministry experience, give me this faith experience, give me this miracle experience, give me this walk with you, this this somehow supernatural, this place of blessing that I want to, I want this experience. Here's the thing, we spend our life living, we are born without Christ and we meet Him and we are given an option to enter the door. So we find ourselves living in pastures which are not green. We find ourselves living in pastures and here's the thing, what we do with the gospel is we say to Christ, Christ, I'm not actually entering the door. What I want you to do is I want you to bless the pastures that I'm living in. I just want you to make my pastures green. I want you to make my home, my family, all those things green, except for the fact that Christ said, enter into my kingdom. Don't expect me to enter into yours. I've given you a door to enter in. You know, one of the most beautiful things walking around Maastricht, which is a, it's a very beautiful old um, city, and as you walk around, you, I was walking past these magnificent doors. One of the things that Cheryl always complains about, whenever we go out for a meal at a restaurant, we can be chatting, she can be chatting away to me. But because I used to be a cabinet maker, used to make furniture, the, fir- the most important thing to me is not the food, it's what the food is sitting on. So she'd be talking away to me and all of a sudden I'm not there, I've disappeared. It's like, it's like I've been translated. Actually what's happened is my head's under the table. Because <laughs> I want to see what the table's made of. It, it changes my opinion of the restaurant. If they give me, you see, you can take any old table and put a tablecloth on it, but you're just covering up your sin, right? So <laughs> give me a quality table. And I'll appreciate that you know what it takes to make a quality meal. If you are cheating on the table, you're definitely cheating in the kitchen. (laughs) And so I put my head in. So the other thing I like looking at is I like looking at beautiful doors. There is something about a door. You can go into a, a gallery. I guarantee you walk into a gallery, you will see a painting of a door. You walk in, you look at almost every... Um photograph of uh, fashion, of, of latest clothes, catalogues, all those kind of things. What do you see? You normally see some place, it's all a bit sort of slightly derelict, don't they? They like taking their beautiful model and setting them off against the contrast of painted walls where all the paint is flaking off. But there's always what? A door. There's always a rusty door, a funny little door, some kind of door. A door that makes you wonder what's inside. And you spend your time looking at what's inside the door. Here's the thing about a door. A door is meant to be walked through. A door is meant to be entered into because the other side of the door is a different kind of place. And Jesus said, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Then he says this, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You know, the thing about the enemy 
is that he is constantly entering into our lives to offer us an option that is not the option that God intended for us. He's looking to change your focus and your attention about what your life in Christ is really like. So if I come back to my original point and say, if as a nation, as a, as a society, as a culture, we're constantly thinking about the things that we can get from God or what God gives us, if we're constantly thinking about those things, is it that the enemy is constantly placing within our mind, within our heart, things he wants us to get our attention onto so that we lose focus of the door that is Jesus Christ. And because we're spiritual, we're asking God to bless the things that we are asking for. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18, it says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's a power of God. Here's the thing about Jesus and the door. The cross is the door. The cross is the door. See, a lot of people feel like, if I just live at the cross, you don't live in a doorway, you'll block it up. You go through doorways, you don't live in doorways. Doorways open up to something. You don't stay in the doorway. Jesus said, I am the doorway. You have to preach the cross. The cross is the doorway into another place. But I don't live at the cross. Why? Because I'm not that bad. Sometimes good to come back to the cross. Go, Jesus. I don't live at the cross. He's always living in the doorway. You don't set up your house. You've all got a home. Some of you have got big homes, some of you have got small homes, but all of you feel comfortable in your home. You all probably had a reasonable night's sleep unless you need a new mattress. But you didn't sleep in the doorway. You slept inside the house that the doorway led into. Jesus said that I am the door. Paul said the message of the cross is foolishness. Do you know why it's foolishness? Because the world does not understand how such blessings could come through such a foolish looking door. I've seen some amazing doors, magnificent doors in my life. You go around the world, you go into, if you go into Venice and uh, you go into uh, Florence in Italy, You'll see, some, you'll see some doors. They'll make every door here in the UK look absolutely feeble. You've got doors that are almost as tall as this building. I mean, you've got doors. I mean, magnificent doors. Doors of grandeur. Doors of, of wonder. Doors of opportunity. Doors that look so good for you to walk through. But the door that Jesus is offering you is a shepherd's door. It's a doorway that just is a humble door. A door which doesn't add up. Jesus says, come through this door and I've got something far more magnificent on the other side. It's foolishness in our thinking. But I need you to understand that the simplicity of our faith 
is not found in the intensity of our prayer, but it's found in the recognition that if I walk through the door of the cross, and the cross is this, Jesus forgave me of all my sin 2,000 years ago. I am an innocent, righteous, holy man. I was in, uh, when we was at Centre Parks, um, we were the lads, me, Joe, uh, Daniel, um, Ollie, my nephew, Ollie and Amanda, they were with us, um, and, uh, and Andrew, uh, and we were all going on the rapids, and the rapids were, you know, they're kind of a little bit fast in some places, but other places you kind of get wedged, you know, you're sort of going up and down, and the water's just taking you down, and, and it's the warm water, but it's like one degree outside, so it's quite cold, and and uh, so we were going, and so we were going into. We'd just done a full circuit, uh, and the, the the challenge had been because when you go to this place, they've got rules, right? You've got lifeguards and got rules. So I said, "Listen, guys, the challenge is to get told off, because otherwise you've not had any fun, have you? Because all you did was just go around on the rapids. How boring is that? Everybody does that. See if we can get told off. So we went round, and we go, we get halfway down, and then we worked out that there was a much better set halfway, but there's a big sign. It says. No walking back up the... Well, that was an invitation, wasn't it? <laughs> so there we are, we're walking up like that, thinking we're getting away with it. No idea they've got cameras on us. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're coming down and we're running around and we're, and we're just like, you know, and suddenly there's this great big lifeguard lady that, you know, looked like she could break your neck by looking at you. And, uh, and she's standing there and, and she's, uh, she's got a bit of a smirk on her face, probably looking at the age of the ch- child that was uh, misbehaving. And we get round, and then I bumped into one of the other pastors, uh, uh, an amazing guy called Bojidar, who, who's got uh, a, a huge church in, in Bulgaria, and he was there with his little daughter. And uh, so he was just, and he came away and he says, Oh, man of God! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Man of God's coming on to the flume again. <laughs> Just being round, being told off, but I am the man of God. The thing about the door is when you enter into the door of the kingdom of God, your sin is left behind and your righteousness of Jesus Christ is placed upon you. The thing about the door of the kingdom of God is that everything you were is removed from you and you step into another kingdom. You are not defeated, you are not broken, you are not dead, you are not sick. In the kingdom of God, there is a different kind of rule system. And none of it was by your ability. It wasn't by your, your strength. It wasn't by your intelligence. It wasn't by anything. It was simply by the grace of Jesus Christ when He died upon the cross. He said, I've paid the price for all of your sin. I've dealt with your foolishness, your stupidity, your ignorance, your lack of wisdom, your lack of uh, forethought. I've dealt with all of those things. And as you... Believe in me and enter into my kingdom. You step into a different place where the pastures will feed you. You see, when we come to a place 
where we're constantly asking from God and never satisfied. We're actually not living in the pastures. We're living outside and we're asking God to keep those green. Keep my pastures green, Lord. God, why? But we need to come back to the door and enter in again. And when we enter into that door, we enter into a place of much greater blessing. It says this, it says in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. You see, when we enter the door, we deal with the struggle and the stress that we wrestle with in life. As pastors, our continual pastoral relationship with the congregation is ministering to people who are struggling, wrestling, dealing with mountain strongholds. And a repetitive story comes like this. I'm just not getting that breakthrough. Not getting that thing I'm, I'm praying for. I'm not, it's just not working for me in this way. I'm feeling frustrated that this isn't, I have got this dream, this desire. God will do this in my life, but, but it, it, it isn't happening. Well, maybe you're in the wrong pasture. What kind of pasture should I be in? Where should I be? Physically, right here, in your heart. The pasture that we wrestle, sit in, that we rest in, is a pasture where we feed on God's grace to do His work in our lives. You see, God got you here. He got you to this place. Why do we wrestle with Him to get us to the next place? He got you here. He can get you there. He got you here. His grace got you here. His grace will get you there. Let's stop wrestling and try God to God. His righteousness is what makes me righteous. His holiness is what makes me holy. His holiness is what causes other men to look at me and go, man of God. You've got to slight, say it with a slight Nigerian accent to make it really work. <laughs> Haven't you, Okay, Man of God. <laughs> they say it so more manly. You say it English, man of God. 
doesn't work, does it? There's a Nigerian moment right there. Man of God. That's who I am. Who made me a man of God? I certainly never made me a man of God. I get told off running up the slope the wrong way. God made me a man of God because I stepped into a door and in the door is His kingdom, a kingdom of grace and of righteousness. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, it says we are blessed going out and we're blessed coming in. See, when we live in the kingdom, we can interact with the world, but our home is the kingdom. And your home is where your source is. You go out from your home to work. You do your work and you come back home. Home is where you eat. Home is where you keep your finances. Home is where you bring your finances and the things that you gather, you bring them home. Everything comes back home. Jesus Christ is your source. He is your resource. He is your life. We can come out. We can go in. We can interact with the world. We can interact with our family of church. But we're blessed because church is our home. The kingdom of God is our home. We entered the door of Jesus Christ and the door is the resource of everything we need because of the pastures that He has laid for us. We will not find our blessing outside because we are pursuing the wrong pastures. The pastures belong to Jesus Christ. You know, it says in Zechariah, I'm going to finish with this. In Zechariah, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. It is the Lord who makes the storm clouds. He gives showers of rain to men and plants of the field to everyone. You know, there is an incredible verse of scripture here about rain. We speak about let it rain. There was a song we used to sing, let it rain. But here's the thing about the rain. You can't determine which raindrop is going to get you wet. Rain, you get out there, Raindrops are falling from storm clouds and you're going to get wet. But you can't pick which one's going to land on you or which hundred or which ten thousand. You can't pick which one, but they will land on you. You see, I believe that while we have to have a clarity of faith of what we're believing God for, I believe that we have to be just a little bit more humble in our approach to what God wants to give us. Lord, I'm stepping into your kingdom. Let it rain. Which rain do you want? Rain of prosperity? Rain of healing? Rain? God, you know what? 
Just let it rain. Just let it rain. I think I'm going to be satisfied with whichever rain. Because I think in the end, I will experience every kind of rain you'll ever throw at me. There are many kinds of storms that we go through. We've experienced them many times. How about the storms that flow from heaven? Beautiful storms of blessing. Storm clouds that rise up and say, I'm just going to soak that one over there. What kind of soaking am I going to get today? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the atmospheric pressure is doing. I don't know how it's going to work. But I know if I'm out in the pasture, it's going to rain on me. It's going to rain on me. I believe there are many here today and you're wrestling. It's time to put it down. Come back into a place. You come back to the door and you go, Jesus, yeah, you forgave me of my sin when I confessed your name. When I repented, when I said, God, I'm sorry, I stepped into your pastures. Today, let it rain. I will not be phased by the things that, the storms of life, because I'm in your pasture and your blessings will flow over my life. They will satisfy me They will be sufficient for me. And they will carry me into the things that you have purposed for my life. Do I have a destiny? I certainly do. How much can I determine that destiny? Well, I can choose to walk it or not walk in it. But am I going to say to the potter what he can and cannot make? Jesus, make me the man you intended me to be. Rain on me today. And let me know your grace in all its measure. Amen. Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.com junctionchurch.com. God bless.